I don't know if I've ever told you this before, but that the first CD I ever bought with my own money was Avril Lavigne's uh, Let It Go, which has Skater Boy on it, Complicated. I believe track seven was She Wants to Go Home. Was that the one with Avril Lavigne? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Is that the same CD? Let me see. Because that was my jam. I'm going to Google it real quick. Give me a second. Is that Let It Go featuring Chad Kroger from Nickelback? I think that's a different version of it. The original version was just her being sad. Let Go. It's Let Go. It's not Let It Go. Or Go Home. She wants to go home, but nobody's home. Let me right? see. Let me see. Maybe there's a track list Where she cries broken inside. This, this won a few awards in Japan. <laughs> in Hungary, it wore foreign modern rock album of the year. Is that Hungary or Hungary? It's whatever you say with confidence. <laughs> Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Can you hear me? We're good? Yeah, we're good. It's tomorrow. I don't know that song off the top of my head. I don't remember it. It's no, a... there's no way. Tomorrow. That's what it says. Track seven. Okay, I'll I'll run you the other oh, tracks okay. kind of in the area. Then maybe it's... Uh... Unwanted? I wasn't entirely prepared to debate Avril Lavigne track numbers with you, but I will. Your volume totally cut. What were you prepared to do? <laughs> <laughs> I, not Nothing, really. I don't know. I mean, what I'm, else I'm are we going to talk about? Are we going to talk about the comedy world? It's all on pause right now. We, we don't have anything else to talk about. All we can do is go back through our memories as we sit alone in our houses and try to make sense of it all. Yeah, I had a strange, I had a strange feeling when uh, it was April 4th. Because uh, we were supposed to do the big Vulgarity for Charity fundraising event. Yeah. And I was supposed to headline it. It was going to be super cool. And it was going to be a really cool experience at Quixotic World Stage in Deep Ellum. Uh, and I was super excited. And then instead, I ended up doing an online show for a bunch of real estate agents that had to be clean, which is a very different... <laughs> A different, different vibe. Dude, we were we were talking yesterday about how hard it would be to do improv on a webcam. Like, imagine trying to do like you're in an improv troupe and everybody's like, "Let's practice on the webcam," in like a Zoom meeting. How impossible would that be? Oh, that makes me sad that somebody might have actually said that and thought about doing that. Did you, <laughs> did, did you did it go well? Did it feel like they enjoyed it or? Yeah. So it, it actually was. So there were, I think, over. They said that there were maybe like 500 people that were tuned in and listening, which is amazing because um, it was like some corporate event. So it got me wondering if maybe that's something that we could all be striving to do in this time is the online comedy events. It was really only rewarding because there was a chat. So yeah. we could see people responding to us in real time of that was funny or LOL. I would those almost... Lulls, those want... lulls really kept us going. I really... I almost wonder if it would be possible to have all the audio feeds in just so you can hear everybody if they're laughing or not. But then would people laugh if they're alone in their house? But then they probably yeah, would laugh. I don't want to know. <laughs> you don't want to know if they're laughing or not? Well, it'd be nice to know if they are laughing, but if they're not laughing, I'm okay not knowing. If, you you, know? if they're not laughing, you don't want to know if they are it's, laughing. It's Schrodinger's laugh. <laughs> That's kind of how most uh, the, the audio thing, it'll like only turn on above certain decibels. 
yeah, my my boyfriend was like, isn't that going to be weird performing to nobody? I was like, no, I've done that before. I've done that before <laughs> in real life. It's not that intimidating. One you... of the worst shows that we ever did was, uh, I can't even remember the comic's name, but it was in South Bend, which is about two and a half hours from Fort Wayne. And yeah. we were supposed to be doing a Fort Wayne takeover show because we were trying to build the pipeline between South Bend Comics and Fort Wayne Comics. And yeah. we drove there in two cars because there were like six of us. Uh-huh. Uh, and nobody was there. Yeah. Not a single person was there, but we had driven two and a half hours and we're like, we're going to do the show anyway. I guess. Uh, so we just did an entire show to the bartender who seemed annoyed that we were doing it. <laughs> and like halfway through the show, it was, is that a place called like, I want to say House of Blues, but it was like House of Blues. It was like B-L-U-Z. <laughs> and the sign fell down during one of my friend Adam's sets. That's that sounds incredibly awkward. Yeah, it was. Is it a takeover show trying to build things. local pipeline? That's like your gig, dude. That's like what you do. I try. Uh, cur- before everything shut down, that was what I was working on with uh, Claws Out. Was trying to make a network yeah. of female comedians and femme how, entertainers that how, we could. Did any of those get canceled? Yeah, um, a lot of things got canceled. I know everything got canceled. It's fucking horrible. I was trying so hard to keep stuff going for as long as we could because the small businesses really wanted to keep stuff up and going. But as soon as it became a very serious thing, like that's something that I'm very frustrated with. I feel like we were not communicated to clearly about what COVID-19 was. I have I took it was like two days ago that I finally think I have a basic understanding of what the symptoms are (laughs) like. See, well, that's that's what I was just going to say, too, is I still feel annoyed. I'm like, if I. If I have a headache, is that COVID? Is yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> if I feel tired, do I just need to drink a cup of coffee or do I need to go to the hospital? You know what I mean? I don't know right now which one it is. And then, dude, it's just all so weird because uh, I've heard that some people get diarrhea. Some people don't. Yeah. That's the other thing is like, is it a gastrointestinal thing? Like, am I lactose intolerant or am I dying? Yeah. I don't know. Dude, I, I keep hearing that people are going to lose their sense of taste. You lose your sense of taste when you get it. And it's like making me think a lot about. What does stuff taste like? Like, am I tasting this right now? <laughs> am I really tasting this? Trying to self-diagnose. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's a. Uh, it's everybody is just the WebMD. The you know. But I don't think. Are you self-isolating? I can't imagine that you're not taking it seriously. I I I I know you, and I just feel like you're locked. You've been locked in your house for. I have been locked in my house uh, because truthfully, since I've been a full-time comic, I my days are not that much different. It's just that I have no purpose anymore and my nights are empty and sad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but my days are pretty much the same because it's like I get I get these weird people who want to call me now during the day. It's like, no, my day is not different. It is not an opportunity for you to call me or give the little hand wave in my messenger all the time. Some dude sent me a voice message, like some person I've never met. It's just turned into like a back alley AOL chat room on Facebook Messenger, and it's he sent weird. You, he just sent you a voice message of himself being like, "Hey, Mana, just wondering how you're doing. I, you know, we're really yeah, close. yeah." But it's somebody I've never met, so of course he's like, "What's up, Mona?" It's like, "Oh my god, you have yeah. to stop." That's so weird. That's not happening to me. My messages are totally empty. <laughs> Is it not? No, I mean, I think I've sent some of those hand waves that you were talking about earlier. <laughs> I got to cut that shit out. I didn't realize how annoying that was. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's um, it's it's a, an adjustment period for sure because I'm very used to being around people and um, yeah, I don't spend a lot of my time really trying to get some traction. So it's it's 
frustrating to not be around people. It's also a weird relief in a way because I've not been on my phone very often, um, which I, I surprised myself because yeah. I realized that I really am only on my phone for comedy. I'm only on my phone for work. If I don't have to respond to anybody and don't have to see anybody, I've not really been giving of my time. I've really you don't been sit there to... ever just scrolling through the feed, watching it all go by? No, I really, I'm really not. I'm really just in my home crocheting a lot and reading and reading these trash novels I used to read when I was a kid. What kind of novels? Sweep. Sweep. It's called Sweep. It's about this teenage witch who's like uh, a blood witch and she's super powerful, but she's also having a hard time with her math class. That's the kind of trash I like. I'm going to look this up. Sweep. It says, yeah. verb, <laughs> it's like, clean it's, an it's area by be... brushing away dirt on the floor. Pretty much. No, so it's like, it's like a young adult novel? Yeah, I used to get them at Walden Books uh, as they were coming out. There were, there's like 13 of them. Yeah. Uh, as I'm saying that aloud, of course there's 13 of them because I feel like we a, really witchy, a witchy thing. Don't talk about how much whatever young adult novel you fixated to during that time period could kind of uh, put you in the group you are in today more than anything else. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I feel like if, if I read Animorphs a lot and I just feel like I got a lot of my worldview from Animorphs, I think I read yeah. all the, I used to have every single Animorphs book. Did you ever read those? I didn't. Um, they were always in our school library, but I was like a weird obsessive kid. So I just got, really into witchcraft and just read all the witch books yeah and uh i i think i reread harry potter like 30 times really the the first five books i'm not exaggerating i've read the first five books over 30 times i used to be obsessive i used to be able to just well those like are those book books have a lot of rereadability too those are good books i've read the re i've reread the harry potter books I used to do the thing. Do you ever do the thing where somebody would tell you to clean your room and then as you're cleaning the room, you find a book like under your bed and then you sit on the floor and read all the way through it instead of cleaning your room? Uh, I don't remember any specific instance, but that does sound on brand for me. That sounds on brand for you? Yeah. So you don't like 7-Eleven? No, I don't. Why? Uh, because on my 26th birthday, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh... I was very sad um, and going through a breakup and felt very alone. And my boss gave me half the day off because she thought it'd be like a nice thing to do. Mm -hmm. uh, but none of my friends were anywhere. Everyone was just at work. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. So now instead of a distraction, I just have all this time. So I went to a casino mm -hmm. uh, by myself. I went to the one where Kevin Ward works, our friend Kevin. So I, I saw Kevin for a little bit and then mostly just wandered around a casino by myself uh, and then went to 7-Eleven to buy some Oreos for myself. And yeah. then as I was asking the cashier, Chipper Card, the other cashier just decided to lose her mind and started saying she was going to cut me. Like there was no escalation. It was just me trying to pay for some Oreos. And then all of a sudden I was being physically threatened. What? Uh, and this was a 7-Eleven where? In Oklahoma? No, this is a 7-Eleven by my house. So the one that's like by Renaissance Square by that okay, Walmart. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, and uh, they did nothing about it to apologize or take any ownership for it at all. Like, I feel like if I had had a bad coffee, they would have given me a gift card. 
Yeah. Uh, but I couldn't get anybody to call me back on it. And now I don't like 7-Eleven. Well, that sucks. Because of that. Yeah. They do have great coffee. Quick Trip's better, I think. What? Quick Trip's Quick Trip coffee's better. Quick well, Trip's Quick Trip is also like... All, all of these new gas stations are so... Are so uh, they're very up to Exotics to me. Yeah. <laughs> because in Indiana, we didn't have 7-Elevens. We had uh, oh, Raceway? No. Yeah. Speed... Speedy... I don't know. Are you I used wagon? to go there for hangover slushies a lot. Yeah. But... But Quick Trip's my favorite gas station. Every gas station is like half half of it is also a functioning restaurant now for some reason. Oh my gosh, there's a place in um oh shoot, is it in Weatherford, uh Chef's Point? That's yeah. literally like the front part. It's is in like Watauga. It's like it's, it's like Watauga, I'm like, yes. I'm like six blocks away from it right now. It's so good. I went there for Thanksgiving a few yeah, years ago. Their bread pudding is fantastic. Yes. I, I ate the same meal that Guy Fieri endorsed, and I felt very connected to the world. That's awesome, dude. I remember being in high school, and we I was living out here, and Guy Fieri was doing Diners, Drives, and Dives, and everybody was talking about it <laughs> all day. And then like we drove by, and we saw his, his set there and stuff. It was cool. Okay, so... Uh, Nobody's Home by Avril Lavigne is the seventh track, but it's on her album nobody's home uh, nobody's home yeah i guess so that's what that's what well, is that is that post or pre pre chad kroger pre chad kroger wait pre mary pre being married to the nickelback guy oh it's from her it's the third single that she had from her second album under my skin there we i go. didn't realize that she was married to the nickelback guy i bet they have a lot in common emotionally they can really help each other out I think they're both Canadian too. Really, I think all Canadians are are bond bound that way. Is that true? I think so. I Unless think they need Canadian. a green card and then they break the bond, and it's like a, they have to go through <laughs> that the Canadian holy ritual where they break the bonds of Canadian matrimony. I would watch that romantic comedy. Yeah, it sounds good. I uh, I, I I was going to Seven Eleven a lot because I like their coffee. I, got, I I'm on their dollar coffee. You know, I just scan my phone and it's a dollar no matter what size I get. So I normally drink the large, but then I redeemed a medium in the app with my points, and they I tried to buy the medium, but a lot of times when you go to 7-Eleven for coffee, they won't charge you for it. They'll just be like, All right, that, that, that's it for you. Have a great day. And they'll just like, you know, it's just something they do. I've seen it at a lot of 7-Elevens, but I think it's because The worst they... part of that night was I didn't even get my Oreos. Really? They wouldn't sell yeah. them to you? She just like told you to get the fuck out? She Well, she came around the counter and was like standing behind me threatening to cut me. And she worked uh, And then I was there? like, you know what? I'm just going to leave. She and she was like there? covering her name tag. And she kept saying she didn't give an F about her job. And she was insane and blah, blah, blah. I was like, I can see that. Why are you yelling? Why is why me? That's that's so strange. Yeah. Well. Yeah. 20, 26 was a weird year for me. That's you, how that's how my 26. My as in you got assaulted. You got accosted at a lot of gas stations that year or it was a weird way in a year in some other ways. No, it was just a weird way to start that year. All right. uh, I don't even know what all happened to me in 26. 26 was was that my gallbladder? No, that was after the gallbladder. Mm-hmm. I try to keep like try to keep track of my years of life by what surgeries I've had. Yeah. Now, you're not on your phone a lot, but you are you said before I started recording that you're watching a lot of reality TV. I love reality TV. Yeah, I, I I like to watch that. When I'm when I'm not reading, I'll go downstairs and I'll 
I'll watch some reality TV, like the the coolest houses in the world or uh, what is it? Extraordinary Homes. Flea Market Flip is a trashy favorite. Have you watched Lone Star Law? No. What is that? Tell it's me about a, it. It's 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 about um, some Texas game wardens and they just go around weighing fish Sold. all day. Yeah. Sold. I'm so in. <laughs> What what's it on Hulu? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it's on. I'd have to. I can. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's on Amazon Prime. Maybe it doesn't matter. I got a password for all of them. If you don't have it, hit me up, dude. I'm giving that shit oh, out. Thank you. Yeah, Tiger King was a blessing we all needed. Oh, dude, Tiger King was incredible. All of those people, they're just. You know what was really awful? I know I watched it too fast. I binged it too much because I started identifying with characters throughout it, and then on the second <laughs> rewatch, I was like, that was wrong. I never identified with any of these people. Yeah, I I just love a I love a story with no heroes. <laughs> yeah, it's like a Shakespearean tragedy. Uh, Absolutely, everyone's the worst. <laughs> yeah, uh, do you think she killed her husband? What do you think on that? I I think it's sure suspicious. Yeah, it's, I think they want us to think that she killed her husband. They definitely want us to think that she killed her husband. It was it's very weird. It's a very one sided narrative, uh, that I, I feel was drawn in the interest of drama well yeah if you watch the first episode it's like 20 minutes of that episode is just a trailer for the show and the whole message of the trailer is everybody you're about to see is fucking terrible and i didn't realize i was Uh, doc doc was like whenever it was focused on him i was like i felt like i was watching the beginning of an svu episode like stabler was gonna come in Oh, and dude! Take that man away! It minute. should be it that guy is happened. a psychopath, right? He's. I think he might be the worst one, just because I think there's a chance that Joe Exotic is also fucked up on meth, so it's yeah. you know he's losing touch with reality. Maybe Doc seems sober and aware of what so, he's doing. He's like, also, Doc Doc was uh, interesting to me because he basically just took like the Mormon religion and replaced God with tigers. Like he just took the business model and made his own little tiger cult. Yeah. It's like wellness and like community, but it's built around tigers. Yeah. And that I just don't I, I, I can't imagine. Is there a time in your life that you think you were ever low enough? And I've had some low moments in my life that you would have read the Tigers website and been like, I'm going to go here. Like, it just seems maybe I it's mean, just I'm bipolar, so that's not out of the range of possibilities. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm there. Like, I, I, I've <laughs> been I've done weird fucking stuff, just like made it a very rational yeah, decision like people, for me. People are, have been talking about like the stuff they've been doing in quarantine, like their, their low points are like playing online Yahtzee and being drunk. And I was like, oh, that was like a weekday for me when I was 19. Yeah, that's how I get through it every day. dude. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, <sighs> oh, you're bored. You can't focus on stuff. You got weird projects going on. Yeah. yeah. Welcome, welcome to the game. <laughs> Dude, yeah. It's rough. Yeah. Uh, I've, been, I've been okay since I've been off meds, though, which I think is worth talking about. Dude, uh, I also got off October. my meds, and I've been feeling much better about life in general. Yeah. Uh, as long as I don't drink, I'm pretty all right. Yeah. Uh, the alcohol agitates any pre-existing, any latent crazy uh, but yeah, I've, I've been all right without the meds. I think it would be very hard for me to have a day job, though. Really? Yeah. Like, I I got off the meds and like went to do comedy full time at about the same time. Yeah. Um, and there's a question yeah, there if you're just like living the dream to a point where it compensates for any natural 
de- kind of depressive slog. In a couple of years, you might need to cycle back on. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think that um, I still have my ups and my downs. Yeah. Uh, but they're not as extreme. And honestly, the ups and downs and the manic episodes that I was having, the mixed episodes, the mixed episodes were the worst. Uh, and those were normally the ones that I would have were the mixed episodes where, you know, you're sad, but you're also energetic enough to do something about it. Yeah. That sad motivation where you're like, oh, I could run my car off a bridge yeah. uh, instead of just the depression of I can't get out of bed. Absolutely. Um, yeah, those were those were the worst. And I was still having those pretty frequently on meds. So I just felt like a walk that they kept throwing paint at because <laughs> they tried to put me on a different mood stabilizer. Uh, that interfered with my birth control, right? And yeah. no point in having a mood stabilizer that messes with your hormones. There's absolutely no point. So it just felt like I was a wall that people kept throwing pain at. And I was like, that's I'm what, not saying we never paint landed a wall on. again. Because I, so let's, I, let's just see what the wall looks like. I haven't seen what the wall looks like since I was 19. Yeah. I was going to one doctor, and he says, on our first appointment, he says, you're definitely bipolar. We're going to put you on lithium. And I'm like, okay, well, I've heard that's really intense. And he's like, you're really intense, so you need some lithium. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was on lithium, and it didn't, I didn't like it. It made my jaw lock. It made me nervous all the time. I was, like, constantly paranoid, and I would, like, I would sleep, like, 14 hours a day. And, like, I just cannot be sleeping 14 hours a day. I work minimum wage. Like, you know what it's, I mean? It's crazy. It's crazy how it, the same thing can affect you so differently because I was put on lithium right away. And within probably – because it's supposed to take, like, two weeks for it to work, right? But, yeah. Uh, within within like three days, days, you start was, feeling after effects. Yeah? I was up. I was up, up, up. I felt like that um, that pill from Limitless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I felt like if I didn't keep moving, I was going to die. But I was so productive and then well, kind of leveled out. And then I just think it stopped working at some point. Then I went and saw another doctor. And he, I'm like, well, this other doctor thought I was bipolar. What do you think? And he's like, well, you know, let's. So we talk all day. We, we, we like ran a long session the first day. And he's like, he's like, well, I'd like to get you started on something for obsessive compulsive disorder. And I'm like, that's like not even the same thing as what we were. No. <laughs> so have you ever have you ever had that argument with the doctor where you're like, no, 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 I am something, but it's not <laughs> the thing you're saying I am. And I know, dude. It's just like, and I just felt like every time I walked to a different doctor, they were gonna throw a different set of letters on me based on whatever fucking psychology book they read earlier that week or something. You know what I mean? Just like they yeah. like, you know, it's it. And so I was like, I'd just rather manage all of this. Then, so I'm just not dating anybody until I, you know, because <laughs> it's really, I feel like I operate mostly fine. I'm kind of bad. I'll get kind of bad and like, I won't talk to people in public sometimes. I just like think everybody hates me, but I can deal with that. But it's really once I get in a relationship that I start to have some sanity slippage, I think. I think, uh, I think being in a relationship has been good for me. I think that was part of the reason why I felt comfortable enough to try to be off meds was because my boyfriend is so supportive. Yeah. Um, and he's he's seen the worst yeah. and still stuck around. So I think that's basically what love is, right? Is you see somebody's rock bottom and you go, ah, okay. Yeah, and you still like don't mind. That. I guess it's yeah, you just don't want to as long as you like you meet somebody and you love them a lot, and then you just try to go for as long as you can until you're not grossed out by their behavior anymore. And then you have to like if that starts happening, then you fight for nine years and then you break up. <laughs> or if you are grossed out, you decide if it's like a kind of gross you can handle. A kind of gross you can handle. A ki- you know, yeah. some some people, you know, most people I find, if you're if you've got the right hormone matchup or whatever, 
they'll like fart in front of you and it's like it's gross it's not cool don't do it again but it was kind of cute you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah if, if there's can... there's something about them that it, it becomes adorable yeah absolutely that that oxytocin that releases in your brain that says i love you anyway <laughs> yeah that's cohabitating right yeah yeah no and ian moved in pretty soon when we first started dating he yeah. was in like i swiped right and then all of a sudden this dude's leaving electronics at my house yeah <laughs> he left a tv here like i would leave a hair tie to trap a dude have like, you have you have, just, is that a is that a theme that plays out in your life like you move in you bunk up quick or is it something no so i haven't had a lot of real relationships in my life uh the boyfriend before i dated for almost two years and then as you'll recall, he dumped me like three days after gallbladder surgery. Yeah. Uh, and then we stayed together for two months anyway because I told him, no, now's not a good time for me. Um, so, yeah, and bef- uh, I had asked him about moving in once and he looked like he was going to shit his pants. Yeah. <laughs> after we'd been together for almost two years. So, no, uh, this is the first boyfriend I've actually lived with. I'm kind of I kind of bunk up, but I think if I ever date someone else, I might. Like, I might get married one day and just be like, look, I'm not going to move in yet because I don't know. I think it's not. So my friend N uh, from Fort Wayne, that's something that uh, they'd always said was that if they find somebody that they love, they don't want to ever live with them because they don't want their love to be ruined by, like, they won't do the dishes. Yeah. <laughs> by just cohabitating lifestyle It's, it's difficult, too, because it's like, you know, it doesn't matter. It's like having a coworker. Like, you always wind up mad at your coworker at least one day a week just because you have to spend so much time around them and <laughs> they do so many things it's like even if you think they're great there's one day out of the week that you're like well, fuck you man like i you know yesterday i had to wash a wall at work and i was just thinking like about all these guys i work with like they're really nice but i'm the only one that's washing this fucking wall today <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean it's just like stuff like that will always happen no matter who it is you know what i mean yeah uh, it is good that you're still working, though, right? How do, I guess, you, how do you feel about working? I don't like it. Yeah. Because I think that here's here's I feel I, what I'm scared of. I'm not really scared that I'm going to get sick because, like, I've been in the hospital before. It's really not that scary. It's kind of nice. You know <laughs> what I mean? It wouldn't be nice right now. It'd be much worse right now than it was the last time I was there. You liked the hospital? I hated the hospital. Oh, when like I went the, to the hospital, I had like a good time. It's like the one place you go when you actually really desperately need rest, but then somebody's always coming in like every three hours. Oh, my gosh. No, they just strapped me to an IV and locked me in a dark room for like nine days. But I was drinking. Oh, that sounds great. I drank myself. I tried to drink myself to death, and I guess they, they managed to stop it. Not actively, although kind of. You know what I mean? Who knows? Whatever they did seems to have worked because you're here. Yeah, I'm still alive, so bless yeah. up. And I shit myself, and they didn't even make fun of me a little bit. Like, that's why I couldn't be a nurse, because if some asshole shit himself, I'd be like, <laughs> it's kind of funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, while he's having to shower off, and he can't, I can't stand up straight, my eyes are closed. And if I was her, I would have definitely been like, not, look, not looking your best, are you, chump? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I like the, I mean, it's horrible, you know what I mean? But it's not, it's, it's like school. It's like, it's not a, it's not the nicest building in the world always it's like a public place so it can't the be the only that great. relief i ever had from hospitals was whenever they told me something was wrong with me i was like oh i knew it <laughs> i'm not crazy <laughs> yeah yeah when i came in they told me I had a kidney infection i was like fuck yeah i do <laughs> yeah absolutely that did feel good because i was kind of worried i was just being a baby and then they were like no you need to be on an iv for the next we'll see when we can take you off of it yeah well you had a an infection right the last time you were in 
Yeah, I guess it was like I had I had an infection, and then I was drinking so much that my liver failed because it couldn't process. My liver was about to fail, and my white blood cell counts were all dead. They were oh, all wow. gone. So they were like, I mean, you know, I didn't really get it. I'm just like in the hospital. I'm like, I guess I'm sick. I don't know. I was just so weird, <laughs> you know, because I like didn't. It didn't. Nothing happened. It's not like I ate like bad duck, and then they were like, you're about to die. You know what I mean? I was just like really. I had like a really bad flu and I was like, dude, I don't feel good. There like, wasn't one event linked to the way you were feeling. That makes sense. Which looking back now, I mean, I, I had, I had clearly something wrong with my body that caused it, but to be living, I was living, walking everywhere I was going in 90 degree weather all the time. And I would walk a mile to my work and then I would get off work and go to the closest bar and drink until I was like shit drunk. And then I would walk a mile back you know, and this is like when the weather is like 100 degrees, so I'm constantly losing water. I was drinking like two gallons of water today to try to keep up. And then I started, like when I first started feeling sick, I started drinking Gatorade. And they said the Gatorade, all that salt doesn't really help hydrate you with the problem yeah. that I had. I used, to, I used to put vodka in my Gatorade to try and counteract. Uh, but yeah, it's not good for you. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> dude, uh, yeah. So I was like, I used to say the best mixer for uh, vodka was clinical depression. <laughs> if you're depressed enough, uh, liquor shots sound great because you're just like, yeah, let's get. I don't want to be in touch with any reality right now. I just want to. Yeah, I think I used to treat my brain like uh, like a computer. I'd be like, oh, there are a bunch of windows popped up right now. I'm just going to turn the whole thing off and on again. <laughs> and that was like why I would try to black out. <laughs> There are way too many pop-up tabs. I think I got a virus. Yeah. I'm just going to turn it off and on. It's again. like the first round is control, the second round is alt, and the third round is delete. And then you press it all again, and you turn the whole thing off. Restart it. Reboot it. Yeah. Like, I can't even have the task manager. Just turn it off. I think what really activated my drinking, like, I was drinking a lot, but I wasn't drinking enough to, like, really, like, like, when I would, if other people would ask me how much I had to drink, they'd be like, oh, okay, yeah, you could be drunk off that. But now when I tell people how much I drink, they go, holy shit, how are you standing up right now? And I think I've learned the secrets to managing hangovers really well. And I don't think that's a good thing. Like, I, I'll never get hungover because when I'm drunk, my number one talent is getting home and eating the right things and drinking the right amount of liquid <laughs> to get all of the alcohol processed out of my body. Like, I, I'm, I'll, I'll drink all night until 2 and then I'll go to a steakhouse. And I'll just eat like two steaks and drink like eight waters with no ice. And just reset your body. And just everything's fine now because you're just calibrated. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's yeah. I think my my problem was really after I had the gallbladder out. Uh, Because after I had the gallbladder out, I couldn't drink. Because I always I I don't really like drugs. They don't affect me correctly. Like whenever people talk about how weed makes them feel, I'm like, yeah, that sounds great. If it made me chill and relaxed all the time. I would probably be into it, but like yeah. half the time I'm like, let's go burn stuff. And yeah. I when, get when you're bipolar, weed sp- spikes your mind differently than, uh, tell, tell you not to smoke it. Yeah. Uh, so I, I liked alcohol cause I could always know what I had of what and how I would feel. Like I knew yeah. what my limits were. And then when I got my gallbladder out, everything just went to hell cause I could have, there was, there was one night, I think it was my, maybe it was my 26th birthday. Uh, I had enough, to like put somebody on the ground like I had enough alcohol that the bartender was like are you on something you should be unconscious and I didn't even have a hangover the next day I was fine uh and then the next week I had not even a third of all the same stuff that I'd been drinking before and I was 
yeah. alcohol poisoning for like 18 hours. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of trained my body that it's not a good thing anymore because I don't know if I'm going to be fine or if I'm going to be super sick the next day. Yeah. It's not worth the risk. I, I, the, I, I, I think I might try to quit drinking. Like I think quitting drinking again would be a good idea for my mental health, but I really do know that there's going to be a large adjustment period for my, my performing when I, when I quit drinking. Cause you get, used... well, this is the great time to do it though. Yeah. Since this you're not performing time. at all. I have been drinking a lot less. I've only, I don't like to drink alone. I'm a very social drinker, but I think do you know what I'm talking about though? When you quit drinking, was there a period where you were just like uncomfortable on stage again? Like you had like a new level of stage fright came back to you versus when you had been drinking a lot when you quit, when you, when you took that step to quit drinking? Uh, no, because when I started working at the clubs, um, cause I, I used to be drunk on stage like a fair amount because just because I used to be drunk every night. Yeah. Um, that's where I'm at. That's where I was at going yeah into but COVID. when i started working for the clubs like i something clicked where i was like i'm being a professional now and i didn't want to be drunk on stage especially as a host like when you first start working as an mc you don't want to be drunk um because you have to keep the show moving and you have to keep going back and forth and keeping everybody's credit straight like you're doing a job so uh i never really drank at the comedy shows huh. uh i would drink afterwards yeah well, I, I don't get Because I just I had a hard time telling people no. Like, I, I was raised very frugal. So, like, if somebody gave me something for free, I would be like, oh, my God, there are sober kids in Africa. I have to take the shot for me. <laughs> it's just how I was raised. Yeah. Well, um, so you would not drink at all before you go on stage? Because I'm like, I don't have to get no. drunk to go on stage, but I do need, like, a shot. I don't need it. But when I have a shot, there's just, like, a looseness in my body i guess i could like do yoga or something do you do what's when you i i think your writing process is probably every possible way to write because you produce more material than most locals like in anybody else i think you just have a lot of material but i'm interested in how you psych do you do any psyching of yourself up before you go on stage or like do you just is it so natural for you at this point that you just don't have that stage fright at all anymore uh, so stage fright is good because it means that you care. Um, what I always tell myself before I get on stage, the best sets that I've ever had are usually when, uh, I, I give myself like this really good speech of, uh, nothing matters. We're all going to die tonight. Doesn't matter in the long scheme of things. The world's going to explode at some point and no one's ever going to remember this moment. And then I do. Okay. Like I just remind myself that nothing matters. <laughs> And then uh, everything I do after that seems all right. Yeah, that's fucking funny. I think that's, it's the same thing. I think my process. <laughs> I think that's just you using nihilism in place of alcohol. Yeah, probably. <laughs> that's been my re my replacement. <laughs> all right. So you're gonna do anything in quarantine that we should pay attention to? Um. I, I, I'm very intrigued by how the online shows went. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that comedy is still very important and people need that. Um, I'm also uh, just trying to use this time to realign with myself and try to take care of myself and my mental health and my physical health. Um, not really. <laughs> you don't have to pay attention to what I'm doing. 
Do you, uh, I, I, I think... When I come back, though, I will have plenty of things for people to pay attention to. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I'm, I'm trying to take this time to relax and take everything day by day, moment by moment, because I know as soon as we can get back on stage, I will be taking it upon myself to elevate every small business that I can and everyone who's been affected to try to unite comedy and live entertainment and live music and just any artist that I can get on stage to help draw customers to small businesses. Yeah, it's going to so be... So I know, I know as soon as this is over that I will be very busy. How, many, how much longer do you feel like it's going to last? I think we're probably going to be at least through June, uh, probably through August. Dang, dude. Such a long and, time. And the, the implications of what's already happened to the economy are very very uh important and a lot of people are like yeah i can't wait till you get back on stage and it's like it's a little triggering for me when people talk like that because a lot of the stages that we loved are not going to be there after this we don't know what these businesses are going to i mean already local restaurants are operating especially local places but a lot of restaurants businesses like that bars are operating on razor thin margins and yeah three months of like limited revenue are just i don't even imagine how that could work yeah a lot of places are going to end up closing their doors so i know that i'm going to want to help elevate the people who are either on the edge or um you know trying to stay open I'm, i think small businesses are so important and a lot of them have been so supportive of our comedy scene like funky picnic mm -hmm. twilight lounge uh main at south side like mm -hmm. these are places that have financially invested in us dr jekyll's uh, and have opened their doors to us. So I want to make sure that if their doors are still open, we help them be successful Recover after this quarantine. And, well, I think, you know, I will tell you, I'm a little excited to go back to waiting tables after this is over because I just imagine that every single night, every single person in the world is going to go out to eat for the next three months after we're finally done being in quarantine. But then I, think so. <laughs> I do what I am kind of worried about is they're not going to have a vaccine. They're just going to have, okay, well, it's not spreading as much. So let's try to loosen some stuff up and then it's going to start spreading again. And then we'll have to go back in. I have a feeling that this could last 15 months of in and out versus. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. But, yeah. Cause we don't have, we don't have a vaccine. We don't have enough knowledge of what it is and how it affects people. Like, I feel like I see an article every week of something different. Like don't take, uh, what was it? Anti-inflammatories. Yeah. Well, that, at least they sent us twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, 